You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm, WMR.fm. This is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and uh, it is late July, 23rd of July, 2020. And I got to tell you, Dave, I'm I'm summer burnt out. You know, you know, you know how you get towards the end of summer, and it's like you know, dog days, and you're putting the hours in but you're exhausted because it's so beautiful outside and you're stuck inside mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's where i'm at yeah <laughs> how are you doing today man I, I i'm doing well you know what i i this is one of the times and, and one of the cases where i am super happy that i live on the west coast um and that is to to deal with the very scenario you have talked about i basically work east coast hours which everybody's kind of used to so i'll start at five six o'clock in the morning but then nobody's shocked if I decide that I look outside and it's two, three o'clock in the afternoon. I've already put in an eight-hour day if I want to go out and enjoy some sun before I catch up on reading or whatever. So it is one of the perks because to do that from the East Coast, you'd have to be starting at like 2 a.m. <laughs> to get out by then. Indeed. But to go outside in the middle of most days here in the East is just about as crazy because you'll melt. It's, right. it's, it's, it's hot. It's very <laughs> hot out there. Yeah, um, yeah. We're, we're at about 25 on a high day. So for, for our American friends, that would be somewhere in the, I don't know, mid-80s or something. So I'm lucky if I can get my office to that with the, with the uh, air conditioning cranked. <laughs> okay, so it was a good week in tech and a slow week in tech. I didn't anything major happened because like, I was paying a little bit of attention, but I went fishing for half the week. And, um, I mean, tons of political stuff happened. Like, God, do I want to avoid that? Um, did anything really neat happen in tech that I missed? You know, some of the stuff, and, and well, I'm going to go into search first. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's one of my favorite areas, as you obviously know, and probably our listeners are, are used to that. Um, towards the end of the show, 
Um, I, I might want to touch on some some news in the uh, ever pleasant world of artificial intelligence and some some massive um, moves forward that have that have taken place uh, there. Which I'll thank and give a hat tip in advance to Tracy Ingram for drawing my attention to because that dude's Facebook feed is just awesome for yeah, like no a variety time. of stuff. Um, but one of the biggest I won't call it stories because there's a few stories and you've seen this before where you see a few stories. They all happen at once. Each one of them's a little bit different, but when you collect them all together, you go, ah, I see what you did there. Um, and Google um, is, has done a couple, uh, there were a couple announcements, rollouts from Google in the, in the last week. Uh, one of which just came through. I got in an email um, this morning uh, from them. So, uh, the, the, this morning, the email was, I, I had gone through to Google surfaces. We, we already have shopping feeds for one of our clients. I was like, okay, I'm going to go in through surfaces, see, you know, get that like buy on Google sort of thing. And, um, we were looking for this client. It just didn't work. Um, their, their category was in a 12% commission rate, right? Like just like brutal, their margins didn't facilitate that. They, they cover the, the payment processing and stuff. So, um, but, it was still, it wasn't going to work for that client. So we abandoned that. Well, because we abandoned it and because that account is, is just probably, I'm assuming it's because it's racking up, you know, money for, for Google, um, that we received a invitation to join a pilot program, um, which they, they publicly announced anybody can join it. I don't know that everybody got an email though. And they're now going in with zero commission. Um, through their program. Now it's pilot and I'm sure they're going to be adding these commissions back in. Um, but to me, is this their target? Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but it just no. hurts me. Google's tar- Google is market market grabbing. And there we have it. Um, yes. Okay, that's, you know that's, what? I'm just guessing. I have no idea what I'm talking nope, about. That's, that's exactly it. You, you watch what, what's going on there. Um, so, so they're clearly making a big push into there. This rolls in okay. after they had launched. Their, sorry, go ahead. Point number one is is uh, uh, they are uh, lowering commissions to zero to, zero. Um, to become real attractive. Exactly. Now, this is building on the fact that we had a feed for shopping, which we were using, but we're now getting organic clicks, and we we talked about that. I guess uh, I don't know a couple months ago um, that they had now opened up the feed to organic. Um, in, in, in the shopping experience, right? So now they're going to start flooding in some organic results into their shopping experience. It's not exclusively paid. I'll be honest, the, the clicks are really, really low, but that's probably because we're actually dominating ourselves with our paid clicks. Like the space isn't big on paid, but the conversion rates are so good. I'm not buggering about with that. Um, and, and then you look at um, some of the other news uh, that came out. I want to make sure I credit um, the right people here. Um, and this was over on Search Engine Journal. Yeah, it was uh, Susan Winograd um, published a thing with some, and this came out just uh, three days ago um, with them adding increased visual options for shoppers and brands on paid. And this is involving some really, really neat carousels, some really, really neat enhancements onto the visual side of paid, specifically with products and brands. And, And as I tweeted out this story this morning, so we're linking all of these things up together into one bucket and go all right, buckle up Amazon because the battle is starting. Like this yeah. is Google lining up everything um, to sort of go, okay, enough. We, we, we've given you enough and, and we're taking it back now. So if Google can like organize the shipping and fulfillment centers, you think they got it covered? 
Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I, I think like what they, they have seen is a, a massive, I, I sort of am, am, am likening this to in, in their sort of letting shopping go as that moment at Microsoft where they went, yeah. we don't need to be a search engine. Right. And and when I am looking for a product, I I, I just wanted to get because I'm I'm not going to the gym anymore. Um, I wanted to order in some TRX straps, like some some, some resistance suspension straps, mm-hmm. right? So I can go work out in the park or something. Um, did I go to Google to find out what the best one was? No, I didn't. Off to Amazon I go because I'm an Amazon Prime member. Did oh, my then- research there, tons of reviews in there. Great. Chances are the, the the product merchant or Amazon itself is going to be putting in more information than you're going to find quickly on Google anyway. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. They're just uh, chock-a-block full. And that's because they already Uh-oh. have all the users. Um, so this is what Google is is up against right now. They, they've got me at the my, my initial discovery phase. What type of exercise equipment would I like? But they don't have me at when I'm actually making that decision. I'm doing my research there. I'm not converting there. Now, there's some great display targeting options available in, in, in paid ads. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's a lot of stuff where you can grab people at those stages, mostly through the, the AdSense program and stuff like that, um, and a lot of fun you can have there. But Google needs me to go, when I'm thinking, where should I buy it? Google needs me <laughs> to go there, even if nothing else than to sell more ads, right? I mean, I don't, they don't need me doing it through Surfaces or whatever. They don't need me doing it through Google but they need me going to Google to do it. Um, They've lost me at that point. They've lost a lot of people at that point. They need to gain them back. And clearly they are putting huge resources into that right now. I remember years and years ago, this might be, might be, might be as many as nine or 10 years ago. You and me are in Seattle. We're at uh, Estimex advanced. Um, (laughs) We're hanging out with, I I forget the name of the the guy who remember remember there was this journalist who was covering uh, shopping search engines and it was a whole niche, a really important niche. And we had this like, like, uh, 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 we, we were just getting ready to do the alternative show together. And, uh, so we had this long conversation with him because we were inter- interested in, in, in his niche, um, in the shopping engines. And then it, they just sort of became incorporated into the way people use search. But you're right. Google seeded that space, let Amazon take it. There's infinitely more information in an Amazon listing than you're going to find quickly in the top ten of Google. Right. Um, it's 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 the much better environment to get information from. Right. Can Google actually challenge that in the long run? Can, can 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 Google make it easy or make a protocol so that merchants can put in information uh, in a useful way? I think they can do one better, and it's for the same reason that I, as a content publisher and somebody who's SEO'd for, for larger publishing companies, hates them. Um, like, I, I, I hate when they steal content, right? I go, fine, I'll deal with featured snippets because somebody has to have it. But they have a scenario where Amazon has created this wonderful structure where they can gather all of this information all in one place and then go to the brand who's just created their feed or just set up their account and go, is this right? That's it. You just need to let us know, is this right? And should we just allow our automated systems to just create this for you and you can look at your reports here and we'll edit them for you. Oh yeah. I, I think they can take that. Well, I think, I think the biggest difference when looking at Amazon and looking at Google is Amazon's like more of a closed garden. Amazon is, is, is actually more similar to say Facebook than it is to mm-hmm. Google in that it requires so much user generated content. 
Yes. Um, either Amazon is creating this content as, as, it's, as itself as a e-tailer mm-hmm. or merchants are selling through Amazon and uh, they're, they're, they're creating all this content for people to search, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Google, on the other hand, like it's, it's, it's just scraping content off websites and yeah. making it, making that information available to whoever, whoever's looking for it. Yeah. Um, what I see Google doing now is uh, preparing an environment that is shopping only. And yeah. like you said, they're going to hoover all the information, put it into forms, and uh, and, and likely ask the merchant, "Is this is this, is this correct?" Yeah, it's actually it's the natural way they should, they should do it. Um, but that takes away from search itself and moves into a different closed garden environment. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think they care anymore. Um, yeah. I mean, because I the and because I think the the battle is going to take place in a closed environment for that anyway like as soon as money gets involved right and and you need you need user feedback and stuff like that um that's how that's gonna naturally work right it, it just will naturally work that way we could they can pull in aggregate ratings from amazon but i think it would be fair for amazon to go yeah no uh you know we're not going to let you have our full feed of, of this data yeah you can still crawl our page and that's just going to be necessary because we need non-logged in users to, to see this, right? But they're going to find themselves in the same spot Amazon will, the same spot that news um, in the EU did, right? And they will probably, and I, I wonder if they'll follow the same route, go, well, then fine, we're blocking it. And then go, wait, we can't Oops. because now the <laughs> we, we still have left is there. And, and publishers are dealing with that, right? Like, okay, well, well, fine, we'll settle with a featured snippet rather than a click because... It's us or them, right? That's that sort of the environment they're in. And um, I, I think this could, if they do what I think they will do, I, I think we'll be in a very different battle for, for shopping in a couple of years. Now, then we'll be discussing, and probably if I was a legislator, I'd be thinking, I should be thinking about this now, is what if Google starts to win? What if Google now has that too? Right Now we have a very dangerous very dangerous. Well, I, mean, I, 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 I warn we already do have a very dangerous thing with Amazon having it, yeah. having it, and having um, the near monopoly on it as well. That's uh, that that's neat and interesting. What else I find interesting about that is how it's going to force um, more conglomeration in that 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 sort of environment forces more conglomeration in the uh, SEO slash SEM world. Yeah, the skill sets for SEOs are. Um, transferable skill sets are content writing and um, making websites run quickly. But if the website's less important, um, your transferable skills are writing skills. <laughs> well, and you're 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 a thousand percent right there because if we look at this environment, like the, the the announcement today was dealing with the surfaces part. Like a lot of that is actually transacting not on your site. This is pure data. This is Cindy Crumb's world. Yeah, right where it's just like this is just all about. Um, you know, data into Google and and it processing everything there. And I, I say her world, well, you know, like she's been talking about this for like a decade now um, and it's really coming to fruition. So Now, to be clear, that data, they're all files. So oh, yeah. they're on the web and they're yeah. interactive with uh, users, but they're not websites as we know them. Um, they're more... Um, components to be compiled into a much larger picture uh usually through a, in a retail environment usually through an app rather than a site 
Right. Well, and that's, I mean, for, 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 for people in the audience that might not be, you know, understanding how, how all of this works, most of them have probably run a, a WordPress site. Basically, what it will end up being is, is a lot like a WordPress site, right? Except that instead of this small little database of the pages and posts that you have, it will be every product in existence, including every manufacturer that has them. And then you will have Google Shopping interface sitting on top of that as your WordPress files. Basically just going, okay, here's everything that we have. And then here's the format we're showing it in and click this quick button and you can buy it direct from us. And we're going to have some certain guarantees and, and quality things, you know, in, in, in place to help make your experience um, all the better. And, and, you know, at that point, it's, it's a win. They, they have you all the way through. We're going to start seeing, you know, buy on Google a lot more prominently i'm guessing i mean obviously um, we have to i mean taking taking the the other factor in here that we haven't mentioned is the real world retail apocalypse that's coming up at the end of this or next month depending on what jurisdiction you live in mm -hmm. all the rent is due all the, and the eviction yeah. uh, moratoriums uh are uh well over for the most part so um uh many businesses that were Applying their trade on the on the streets now have to go online, and that's where the consumers are going to have to go. And I think that habit will not. That's this is becoming a habit that's being set in silicon and not going to get broken. Right. Right. Well, very, very true. And what I find kind of ironic is we're going to see. I mean, I, I'm I'm going way far ahead, and I I don't think it'll be like the death of SEO or at the death of sort of uh, sorry Amazon. I, I was just the typical. Here's what we keep saying, but that's not actually. But it, the, the death of Amazon, but it's going to be a real, if Google gets their way, and, and we've seen them screw up many times when they had a gimme, right? Like we've seen them just like, come on, guys, you you had this and, and you just almost purposely screwed it up. Um, but if it does actually damage Amazon in the way I think they're wanting it to in the way that I would suggest they are positioned well to, whether they will is, is sort of up to them, but I, I think they're positioned incredibly well to do it if they can pull it off right. If they do, I think a lot of that will be users going, I want choice. And then while they're doing that, actually actively undergoing the process of eroding their choice, right? And, and making it all roads that now that place you went to do your initial research is also the place you're going to actually conduct that, that, that final um, acquisition you're actually going to be eroding choice and I'll probably be an active part of that, right? Like Sorry, I'll be actively helping my clients do it. That's really possible. But at the same time, think of how long consumers have existed in bipolar worlds, right? In, in, in <laughs> we've, we've always had like these two, two or three or four different options, PC or Mac. Right. Um, uh, 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 Lowe's, I, I don't want to name the brand names of the, the, the hardware stores or anything, but you, you have this brand of hardware store, that brand of hardware store. Um, uh, we've always had sort of like an A-B choice when it comes to products. So, you know, yeah. the Amazon environment, the Google environment, um, as long as it gets to me in 24 hours. Um, Why do you care? Invest, you know, yeah. invest in boxes, friends. If you really want to make a bunch of money, cardboard boxes is where it's at. <laughs> well, and I mean, the, 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 interestingly enough, though, when I think of it, you know, on, on Surface, I'm like, well, it's Amazon or Google. But underlying both of those are massive numbers of companies, all of them just using this as their as their platform. So well, these indeed. are the two distribution networks that we're talking about. But, uh, but ultimately, uh, that's what it comes down to. The web itself is just a platform. Yeah. Um, Amazon and Google may be closed gardening the web, but they're providing a platform inside those 
yeah. those ritual walls. Well, if we look back at the at the history of our of our fair our fair country, there was one store. It was Hudson Bay when the initial sort of settlers got here and started doing their thing. It was Hudson Bay, and they basically owned all of the land that was was stolen from the the First Nations here and, and sort of handed over to a company without asking anybody else. But okay. um, it was given to one. They didn't make pots and pans. They didn't like they didn't do any of this stuff. Lots of underlying companies actually made that company what it was. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, okay. it's, it's very similar. To go with that, and then great technology comes along in the form of the Sears catalog. <laughs> <That's right laughs> across the prairies, Sears comes up and we're in this like, we're in this like 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 by karma world suddenly where like people have this choice and you know what how it ends up for both companies? They're both out of business now. Right. Yeah. Then Actually, the internet came and that's progress. And there Hudson's we go. Bay is holding on by its fingernails, yeah. but honest to goodness, the oldest the oldest corporation on earth, Hudson's Bay Company, is is literally holding on by its fingernails yeah. because it's a retail play that didn't um It doesn't work anymore. Well, yeah, and and, and also quick. Think of the Hudson's Bay website and all the wonderful things you can purchase there. Can you envision that in your in your head? Probably not. No, because it no. hardly. I'm imagining the blanket is there. <laughs> the, the infamous blanket. Uh, 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 you know what? I'm I'm a loyal Hudson's Bay uh, customer, and I can't. Yeah. I hate their website. It sucks. That's it's awful. Fair. And this is why they're barely holding. One of the reasons yeah. they're barely holding on. Yeah. On that, we are like a studio is barely holding on. Um. <laughs> We're going to take a break here on Web Culture and Webmaster Radio.fm. Friends, it is the 23rd of July, 2020. This is Jim Hedger from Stories Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Stick around. We've got more coming up after these messages. Customer engagement and retention. Choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony. Trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm Because not everyone's last name is Gates. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. 
Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm, WMR.fm. This is Jim Hedge from Digital Media Medium, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. It is the 23rd of July, 2020, week umpteenth million, maybe 21 or so of the COVID crisis. And uh, things, I don't know. Last week, there was a big hack at Twitter. Uh, verified accounts were um, used to uh, uh, prompt people to send money to, I don't know, uh, to to some Nigerian prince living in Macedonia or something. Um, and Twitter had to shut down, or at least had to shut down all the verified accounts, which actually are a lot of people we know. Um, normalcy appears to have been restored enough that Google has allowed the Twitter carousel back into search results after the so. Normality is coming back again because Google says so. <laughs> back to the point of our you know previous segment here. Uh, <laughs> all, it just all, goes all on and on and on, man. Indeed, it never indeed. stops. Um, all right, where would you like to go from here? I mean, there's there's just been so so much um, that has happened. Um, well, one of the things I wanted to talk about in, in in our last segment that I really wanted to get to is an article that like uh, I, th- I think I think totally fit into that conversation. Uh, it was an article that Tony Wright wrote over at uh, Search Engine Journal um, asking if you have to know coding to be a great SEO in 2020, um, given that there are so many aspects to, to SEO and to digital marketing and search, um, to do your job, you have to be a, a strong coder. Um I disagree. I think actually that you do have to be a coder. At least you have to be conversant in or familiar with. Um, but uh, uh, it got me thinking about all the directions that skills that SEOs are gathering will need to be applied as our careers develop um, into the next five or six years because the world that we work in now is fading away very quickly. Or I should say fading away. It's changing very quickly. And um, the technical skills that go into building and maintaining and, and, and developing and optimizing a strong website, um, the smart SEO is now looking to find where uh, she or he can can, 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 can transfer them. Um, so I don't know. So, I, so Tony's article made me really think about where people should be thinking about going with their skills now. And I, I'm afraid I do disagree with them. You should be learning coding or at least be, again, being really conversant in it. Yeah, I have, I have such a, such a, a tough one with this one as well. Um, you know, do I consider myself a coder? If you ask me, Dave, are you a coder? I would say no. No. Um, and that's because I have so many friends who are so smart at coding, right? And I know so many developers, like, I mean, real developers um, that would just, within two questions, start laughing at, right? Like if they were like, oh, okay, I'm going to ask you a couple intermediate questions that could throw off some people. And they would toss them at me and I would look like an ass. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I think it's important to have a, I have a level of understanding and I'm referring to PHP. Like, okay, everybody should just kind of know HTML, right? Like you just, that's mm-hmm. just, that's just the building blocks. You just, you got to know what you're you doing. You should be able to read HTML like you're reading novel. You should know, but yeah, exactly. Should you be able to build a site notepad like from your head? Maybe not. I could, but 
it would be an ugly, stupid, simple site. No, but, but I, again, you should at least be able, be able to read it. To, right? Could I make the table structure or, you know, even use CSS? Um, yes. But I can look at PHP and read it. I can't write it well, but I can read it. Um, so you, you know, know what this function is supposed to do. I know what these things do. do and I, I do think that is important just to have an underlying understanding, if nothing else, of the way the web works. Like, we talk often, and I, heck, I write often about this is how the engines work. This is how this works. Because I think understanding what the building blocks are, what the tools are, will help you understand what the problems you're dealing with are. I think there's a, a, a great importance to being able to see that things don't look right and go, okay, I should I should try and, you know, this is how this is. Fa- okay, this is how links structure. This is the difference between these different kinds of links, right? Or, or this is the way style sheets works. And this is how they're, Oh, that's why that's coming in the wrong color, right? Or whatever. Like you should be able to troubleshoot this because otherwise you can't use dev tools or lighthouse. And, and then you, without actually understanding what's going on, um, you know, I mean, probably like you, like one of the first places I go, and this is, I think, probably the most important skill an SEO should be able to do is, is when I go to a site, nine times out of 10, one of the first things I do, I pick up the phone, I pull up the site and I go view source. <laughs> like, there. Now I can see what the site is. So I think that level. Could I write that full site out of my head? Heck no. I'm not that, I'm not a developer. But can I understand what's going on on a site by looking at the code? Yes. So that, again, so that, again, that leads to, to the thought, um, what skills uh, do SEOs have now that they should really be really brushing up on because it's going to help them three years or five years from now in a, uh, in a data file universe? You know, I, I think to me, I mean, for the number one thing, skill I think you need is pay attention, right? Like you and I are lucky. Every week we have to know everything that happened in that week. We may not talk about every single one of them, but we, we both made ourselves familiar and then shared stories so that we know what the other one, you know, what I might have missed that you caught or whatnot. But every week I am forced, quote unquote, to make sure I know everything that happened. Or at least, at least top level. I might not know in depth, but I know top level. I think that's probably the most important skill because you're not going to know. I know now because of an email I got and because we do this show and stuff that, oh, okay, Google's making a play against Amazon because I paid attention to a few things as we go along. Okay, that's the world I'm about to market into. So I think that's actually the most important. Then you end up with the technical skills, but those I think are, they really vary to in, in my mind. Like the skills that I have cultivated in the way that I've cultivated them is because I, I tend to have to do a variety of different tasks. I might be dealing with analytics screwing up on a JavaScript site, or I might be dealing with the internal linking structure on this site. site right? Like, so I have a, a broad brush, but it's, it's not as deep as somebody like Jason Bernard, who's been on our show. You want to talk to me about brand search? Yep, I got a good top level understanding of that. And I would know what questions to dig in if there was a problem. But there are experts at that. Ryan Jones, you want to talk about Python and coding? That's the guy, right? I mean, I'm sure there's like a few of them, but he's the one that I see him on Twitter. And I'm like, man, that guy's smart, right? Hamlet, another one like that, where it's just like, okay, you know stuff about what's going on in Python and the way these things are all connecting that I'm just going to watch what you're writing and then I will understand a bit through osmosis, right? Uh, At least I'll know what I can do. And then I'll go, where was that article Hamlet wrote? (laughs) Like Now I need to know what that is. Um, But yeah, so I I think that's where it really starts to depend because they obviously have very pointed roles, right? Like where their role is in this sphere. So they are incredibly knowledgeable at their sphere. 
Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if I talked to, you know, I don't know, the, the, it's funny because we keep talking about him like show after show, but he's totally the wrong person. I'll go Bill Slosky. I was thinking Barry Schwartz was the name of the city, but I'm like, talk to, you know, Bill Slosky about some link building strategies. Would he know? No, probably not. I mean, I'm sure he would have opinions on stuff because he's smart and, and broad brush, but he wouldn't know the tools and techniques and stuff like that because that's not what he does, right? He's a patent guy who's very, very knowledgeable. Alan does audits, right? Incredibly knowledgeable. His skill is reading the code of that thing, understanding the the, the building blocks of, of SEO and being able to audit that. But if you ended up with a, a deployment into a JavaScript site, could he do it? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he could. The guy's super smart. But I would suspect probably not because that's not what he does. And that's a specific skill. So it's actually Alan is smart enough to do audits. That's what he does. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's the thing. Um, but some of audits, I mean, you know, we've all sort of done them in varying degrees and it does require a broad understanding. No, right? no, but he, was, he concentrates on his niche and he, on he hammers yeah. it. That's what he does and just nails it and goes, go here for implementation because I don't do JavaScript, right? Like go there, but here's your problem. So I, I think that is where it gets into back when you and I started late nineties, early two thousands, that was it. I knew links. I knew content. I knew, I mean, it was all really easy, right? It was like, I learned on a VIC 20 and it was easy then too, right? Like I, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean I could write an operating system now, but I could sure program some games on my VIC 20. Um, you know, so that really dates me there as far as what was, what was going on in Dave's life and when did he become a nerd? I was in grade four. Uh, <laughs> but, but anyway, um, you know, back in those days, we did do it all. That, that was it. Like back in the late 90s, early 2000s, that, that was it. And you had to know it all. And that was fine because the algorithm mm-hmm. was like simple, right? They pretended it was complex. We kind of thought of it as complex because it was the most complex thing we'd seen. But by today's standards, it was just cute. Um, whereas, you know, you, you look at today's environment and I go, yeah, there, there are SEOs who are content. That's what they do. They write incredibly compelling content. You've got people who understand, uh, you know, Andrea Volpini, who's been on our show before, who his thing is entities and building tools that connect them behind the scenes and freaking phenomenal. But is he a great content writer? He understands the structure of content, but can he write good, compelling SEO content? I have no idea. Dude might be able to do that too, for all I know, because he is really bright. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if he couldn't and had content writers, because that's not his niche. Right. So I think we've just we've entered into that world where it's like there are general things I think all of us should know. Why do links matter? I don't care if you're a content writer, you should know why links matter. Right. Like that's that's fine. You don't need to know how to build them. You don't need to know the tools. You don't need to know the structure. You don't need to know schema necessarily. You probably should, but you don't need you should. to. Uh, yeah. Okay. That, I, I mean, think should. of that example. Everybody should know schema. If I had to make one skill, I guess that'd be my life. Oh, you really should know schema. Remember, data uh, file universe. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's that's getting back there, but um, but yeah, I mean that's that's so okay. We we've landed. I've talked myself in a big circle, and we've landed at the one <laughs> skill um, that I think every SEO should need to know. Having gone through everything else, having gone through everything schema. else, you should know schema, <laughs> and you should kind of know how to read code. Okay. Um, oh, damn. You know what? I had the I had the best uh, the best segue into the next topic. But, but anyway, uh, you know what else you should know? You should know how to do migrations. And uh, oh, damn, it was a good segue too. No, oh, um, I'm sorry. It's okay. Google has uh, come out and said if you're doing a migration, 
we understand it's a migration and that's why we're seeing this duplicate content not a big deal what the heck you know what one thing you really need to know is that google is um not necessarily um Technically, it's not a big deal, but if you're trying to um, be unique in a uh, competitive environment, competing against yourself is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, duplicate content, it's, 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 Google knows, will we'll figure out fairly quickly which is the canonical content, mm -hmm. which is the one that, that you're throwing the energy into, that people are directing links to. <laughs> which is a site that you're updating all the time. Google will figure that out really, really quickly. Um, nevertheless, make it easy for them. Um, advice was given by, by John Mueller saying, don't worry about duplicate content during a content migration. And I'm, I see what he's saying, but I adamantly disagree. Yeah. You know what's funny is on the 17th, so that's the day before the question was asked, two days before it was answered, we had, I, I had a client with two significant websites mm -hmm. and they were rolling, they, they'd sort of moved into one specific core. So we were rolling all the key content from what, basically the linked or high traffic, high value content over into the second. And, and we were solidifying on that one, dealing with all the redirects, thankfully mm -hmm. about two months notice. So we had this thing like clockwork and they've got a, a really, really awesome developer. Cool um, when it goes to plan, huh? When it, when it just went to plan. But it was funny because we flicked the switch on the 17th. And then the next day this question was asked and on the 19th, because who doesn't work on Sunday? Um, I was sending through, through Slack to um, the site owner going, oh, and here you go. Here's what, what John's saying about this, because it's like John wanted to answer this for us about two days too late, but here we go. I thought you'd be interested. Hold on. Uh, was this your question? No, no, no. It wasn't oh my, my question. Oh, my God. Like, well, that'd be uh, weird. <laughs> that that would have been funny, but no, that, that he'd answer it. That ha that's happened to me many times, though, where it's like, oh, okay, now I've, I've just dealt with this, and now all of a sudden I see Google answering a, a, a question. But then we've had that glorious, and for people who ever have to do this, that glorious moment where we're watching in the ranking reports one graph go up at the exact same, like we're tracking them both Very in, good. in the same graph and we're watching them. They've crossed over each other. That happened on Saturday and that one's growing and one's falling at the same rate. It's like, okay, that's exactly what we were hoping to see. Basically the rankings are transitioning from one um, to the other. Although it was funny because they were sort of fighting against themselves. Both sites were ranking for some queries for, <clears throat> for some, so I did have to. It was one of the few times I'm like, you're about to lose some traffic in the addition because well, you only that's, get one. That, but that's supposed to happen and as the 301s kick in and Google realizes that it's all supposed to move the energy over that way, wherever well, that it, way may be. Exactly, but in their case, they actually for years have held two rankings. Right? Like oh, they, they were okay. actually ranking yeah, sure. for the same thing. Um, but it would be like a position two and a position nine, right? So it's like, okay, now, but we're, we're probably going to lose a little bit here, but one of your sites converts, the other one is not a conversion site. So let's not worry about the traffic that we're losing. Let's worry about the conversions we're gaining. That's, you know what? I think that's always a good rule of thumb. Say, <laughs> worry yeah. about your conversions, not your traffic. Um, yeah, yeah, especially given the goal is to improve the quality of the traffic. Um, well, that's it. And to maintain one structure that we can cater to what those users want a lot better. So. Okay, 
Uh, we have, I don't know, time for maybe maybe one more short one. Uh, people have been rushing, or people should have been rushing, to uh, get their websites ready for a mobile-first index at the end of September or so. Um, Google's either not prepared for it themselves or they're giving you a break because of COVID. You decide. Um, <laughs> they're suggesting they're giving you a break. Um, I think they're not ready for it themselves because half their staffing ain't, ain't showing up to work. Yeah. Um, March 2021. Yep. Yep. And, and for those that might be impacted on this, you really should have been dealing with the deadline thinking of it as September 2018 or something like yeah. that. This should have been done long ago, but... You've been given a reprieve if you've hit the snooze button 84,000 too many times. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Here's the thing. This is Google saying our index is fully mobile first as of uh, now yeah. March 2021. Yeah. Chances are Google's already checking your site on the, yeah. on, on, on its mobile. Uh, that yeah, is uh, true, yeah. Um, every website that, that I work with is is uh, in the mobile index. It's not, I don't I can't think of any, I don't even know what, the, I don't even know what they call the old index. Do they call it the standard index? So the 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 the, the desktop index? Uh, do they call it Frank? Like what do they call it? I don't know the the graveyard of sites. I think at this point because they're not likely to rank it anyway. I I, I have seen in the past like month. I can't even remember what it was, but clicking through on a search result and going, oh, okay. Well, I I guess we've got a table based site here that I'm scrolling left and right. You know, really? It's, it's hey, still cool. coming in at 1,200 pixels, and that's just that. And I don't know how Google went. This is a good site for mobile, but it obviously was was the best thing. I can't remember what the what the query was, but it was. I was going to say, is it the only one that could possibly meet that query? Yeah, it, it must have been, and I probably just abandoned the query at that point. <laughs> went, okay, I need to look better at something. Um, but yeah, I, I have seen them rise every now and then. One of the things I do try and keep in mind, um, because I remember, and, and this was a few years back when. Um, I was in Japan, but the mobile index was was already running. Like it was it was that recently. I can't remember you know specifically when when we were back there, but uh, it was a couple of years ago. And I remember going to Japanese sites, and I was on my phone and going, "Oh, it's like Google said, mobile first is coming." And every one of them kind of went, "Hmm, well." What you gonna do? And then wandered on, right? Like nothing, nothing was mobile first. So that was a, it helps me remember that. And I, I'm sure some of them have, have moved over now. And I'm talking about even like cyber cafes, because that's what I was looking for most of the time. That's why I was on mobile. Once I was in one, I was no longer on mobile. I was on my laptop, right? But um, anyway, that that is a reminder that when we're thinking about it, we're thinking from a very us centric location. Not all countries are responding the same way we are. And Google also has to deal with that, right? Like there's a lot of countries, there's a lot of places where what if they're not moving? What are you going to do? Not rank any restaurants in this city because none of them have moved? Well, again, I, again, if it's, uh, if it's, if it's, if it's the one, the, the, the best results for that, uh, yeah, query, that query location, uh, if you're in the middle of, um, some small town in I don't know, say Saskatchewan that hasn't updated. No one updated their website or something. Um, <laughs> Still a level playing field. The, yeah, the, the pizza <laughs> company in the other small town of Saskatchewan, seventy-five. The next small town down the road, seventy-five miles down the road. Um, that pizza company is no good for you because you're out of their delivery right. area. Probably, yeah. most probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So, you know, that'll And that'll so Google will probably just try and convince you to use the maps instead. Just use ours. We'll give you all the information. We got a little tab here for menus. Let's just, you know, move you know it what? into their ecosystem. We have to take a break. That would have been a perfect segue for a Google My Business joke. Dang. Uh, aside from Google My Business itself. <laughs> um, okay. Friends, you're listening to Webcology on Webmaster Radio.fm, WMR.fm. This is Jim Andrew Digital Voice Media, Dave Davis from PSOC Internet Marketing. Stick around. We've got more coming up after these messages. Stay tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY podcasting system. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training, a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Webmasterradio.fm. Get addicted. Get ahead. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology and webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedge from Joyce Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. It's the 23rd of July, 2020. Summer is really quickly moving, uh, coming to an end. And actually, you know what's coming to an end really soon? Have you seen Neowise yet, Dave? Seen who? Neowise, the comet. Have you got, gone out and seen and No, seen no, I haven't. No, I haven't. You got maybe maybe one or two more nights. I'm not even sure you have that much more time. Um, but the time is short. If you want to go see it, it's either in the northeast sky, I think, towards dawn, or the northwest sky uh, t- uh, just after dusk. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, if uh, you can find a really open spot and uh, a really clear vista, especially if you're in the northern part of the northern hemisphere, um, it ain't coming back for 7,000 years, so you have a hell of a wait if you don't see it now. <laughs> um, okay. Speaking of having a hell of a weight, that's really annoying. Did you do? Do you get like just sick and tired and just having to install drivers? Yeah. Remember, it's been this is this is this this might sound stupid, but it's been 30, 35 years since Microsoft uh, uh, Microsoft Windows uh, Windows One came out or Windows three point sorry Microsoft Windows three point one came out. And created the God damn it, I don't have the right driver problem. Um, I have to download this from the web, but of course it's not there and it's not on the on the utility disk and you and then you're totally screwed. Well, 
30 some odd years later, Microsoft has got you covered through Azure and a universal driver for everything for, for, for your peripheries. They finally figured it out. Just so awesome. you know, your, awesome. your, your, my problem is solved. I don't know if it's been your problem, but it's certainly been mine. <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, it, I, I have had that. And then I'll look through through device and see that there's some unknown device with no driver. And I'm like, well, it's an, an I have no idea what I'm even supposed to be looking for and whether it's something that I want. Right? Like, I'll see this. And, and I do hit that. So it, maybe this will finally answer that question as to what this thing is that I didn't know that I had. And I can still then realize that I didn't care. But... <laughs> One of the cool things about Azure and some of the stuff that Microsoft is trying to do is um, the use of artificial intelligence to uh, anticipate users slash client needs and to also make the tasks of uh, its users easier. Mm -hmm. um, but there was, there was a breakthrough in, in artificial intelligence uh, this week. Um, you alluded to it earlier in the show. Um, yes. We've seen Google and Microsoft um, and, and Amazon's and, and other artificial intelligence grow rapidly over the last uh, 18, 24 months. Apparently, we ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. Yeah, this is the, the, the precursor to awesome. I, I don't know that this is the or awesome <laughs> uh, or, or Skynet. Um, so what, we, what we're, we're seeing here... Um, and I've got it on, well, let's see, that's a DACA Tribune. But anyway, it's, it's on a bunch of, like, totally, like, I was just the, the write-up that I found fun. Um, it, it's, it's all over the place. Anyway, um, basically what has just happened um, is one of the, the biggest um, hurdles that they have with AI right now in, in what's called um, unsupervised learning. Um, so basically unsupervised learning uh, just to, to get into that part, we've got supervised and unsupervised learning. Unsupervised learning is basically a, a scenario, give it a problem and let it figure itself out. Supervised learning is obviously supervised. Here's the criteria. And we will, you know, basically you train unsupervised and then let it work its way through. Um, with supervised, you're constantly got to like checks and balances in place to sort of create the, the end result. So unsupervised, the, the reason that unsupervised is important is it's what mimics the human brain, right? Our brain operates in unsupervised basically, right? Like we're just left to sort of figure out what the, well, that's why kids are idiots and, you know, they eat spiders and stuff like, like that's why we do all these things. We don't know. We have to learn. Um, but we do that unsupervised. Hopefully the parents were there while the kid's trying to eat a spider. But, um, you know, we, we more or less, our brains are functioning in this, in this mode. We just, mm -hmm. we don't know. We experience, we figure it out, we learn, and, and then we're, we're constantly adapting. Um, that's what's really, really relevant in what's, what this discovery was. And, and what they've now been able to do is move this out of basically electron base and using light in the processors. So one of the big hurdles that they've had, well, they've had two big hurdles. One is when you're passing stuff, like it seems really, really fast to us because we keep talking about speeding up processors, but moving stuff through like wires and chips is like through with, with electrons is slow, like relatively slow. When we're trying to compare it to the human brain, it's incredibly slow yep. um, rel relative to the human brain function. Light is not. 
Light is not slow relative to the human light, brain. Light's about as fast as stuff goes. Light's about as fast. Light's, we're now moving faster than the human brain. And they've now, it still requires electrons to, to deal with stuff. So we're not talking about being able to process at the speed of the human brain. But we are much closer to being able to process. The, their estimates are two to three times faster right now. That's why I call this the first precursor. That's and, not and, as fast. Importantly, Sorry? importantly, doing that, the more data you can push quickly, the uh, more energy and more resources you save, the less uh, space you need and the less heat you generate. And that's the beauty, right? I mean, we're looking at a, a scenario and again, I hope this is why it's a precursor, but imagine if I could have a full force AI chip on my phone, in my watch, right? And you go Skynet, yeah, for sure, right? But if all of a sudden I can process like that because I don't have to worry about heat, I don't have to worry about power drain, I don't have to worry about anything. And now you've got this basically a network of all of us um, with these with these processing powers. Um, all of a sudden, um, the, the the combined intelligence, because it, it will cross over at some point into intelligence, the combined intelligence of this of this mechanism will be, will be, quite outstanding. Um, it will be smarter. Like, in, in my opinion, we're not that much farther off. I'm not saying artificial intelligence in a, it is sentient kind of way, but it, we're not that far away, I think, with with these kinds of enhancements. Um, and what Jiwon Kim's doing too, just finally crossing over into, they are faster than us at thinking. Well, and now add to this, um, greater um, data processing and transmission speed and being able to um, move greater chunks of data with um, less, for want of a better word, bandwidth friction. Mm -hmm. um, what, what, what 5G and the, 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 the I suppose what are becoming six, seven, and eight G networks. We're going to put nine Gs on this razor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, the, but the 5G network um, is all about like being able to transfer mass amounts of information real fast and yeah. again without bandwidth friction. Um, couple that with uh, machines, cars, um, uh, uh, your headset that's like buried in your glasses, whatever, um, all processing with each other. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be a much more interesting, uh, uh, again, what was that word we were using before? A data file world? world? Yeah. Well, it will. And one of the, they like to put it into, you know, our world for, for, the audience that, that might not quite understand because you're talking about like 5G and it is incredibly fast. Um, you know, but we, we're dealing, and I, I've seen these, you deal with a slow site. You start to look in and, and go, what are the files? And I've dealt with sites from like, well, that's the resource pig, right? Where the site is only as fast as its weakest point, basically, where this like massive 18 meg file is downloading right at the beginning and it didn't need to be there. <laughs> like it needed to be a tiny little thing, but nobody, nobody optimized this. Right. And, and that's exactly what we're facing. You're, you're right. Like the network is getting faster, but our machines aren't right. I mean, they are to some degree, but, but they will, but they're uh, about to, I mean, this is what we're talking about. If, if, if our machines right, right, now, right now, our machines, like I got my laptop or even my phone requires a whole bunch of mechanics inside that device. Yeah. It's got silicon. It's got chips. It's got like diodes and yeah. all that stuff. Sooner than later, especially with, 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 with uh, 5g, um, my phone is going to be able to be about this big. I will need so little, little. stuff because it's all being run in the cloud now. Re yeah. You remember when the internet itself became the operating system? Yeah, it'll. Yep. That's it'll what that. we're doing in the in the. In the I hate the phrase in the cloud. In the cloud but that's what we're doing <laughs> in the cloud. Going. 
I know. Um, um, well, and so another thing that we need to consider, like one always pushes the other. And when I went up to Whistler, they have a better TV than I did. I bought some plasma, like 50 inch plasma TV, like a decade ago. And the thing is a tank. So I've never replaced it. <laughs> right? Like works like a workhorse, but went to Whistler, brought my Xbox there, um, plugged it in and, oh, well, that's the difference. And now I can all of a sudden see why they need to create a new console because my console's resolution isn't producing what that TV can do. I didn't know because my console was better than my TV. Now I know my TV <laughs> needs to be upgraded, but now I also understand why the console did because the console wasn't able to produce what that TV could handle. So once we have faster machines, now what? And you're right. We go to six, seven, eight, nine G, right? Well, I mean, I'm going to G, but whatever, right? Like both are going to push the other. And, you know, just like going way back, just like porn is what led to the full entourage of bandwidth that we now, you know, just take for granted. Um, back in like the late nineties, early two thousands, it's what pushed that. Porn and gambling really is just like we need to be fast and we need lots of bandwidth. That's what pushed that out. Well, it's just um, seven minutes. <laughs> exactly. 35 uh, seconds. Whatever. <laughs> right. But it pushed the bandwidth. Then all of a sudden, everything else piled in, used up that bandwidth. And now we have Netflix and now we need more. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's what we're hitting here. As soon as these are faster, the networks need to be faster. As soon as the networks are faster, these will get faster. It's, it's going to be a race for. I don't even know what, but it's it's underway, and the world is going to be really, really interesting, really, really soon. Well, this is this for some reason this turned into a really one of those weird future tech shows. We didn't even yeah. we, did, like, we had no idea. I, I had no idea it was going there at the beginning. But I didn't. I figured we'd be talking about bullshit like COVID or something. Um, <laughs> which, incidentally, is absolutely not is absolutely not bogus. COVID is very, very real. The cases are growing, and. Uh, the second wave may well be uh, waving across Canada right now. So friends take this very, very seriously. We're almost out of time on Webcology, but um, I've got to get the weekly message in, wash your hands, wear a mask, prevent the spread of the disease. We get control. We get control of our economy back when we control the economy or when we control the disease. So control the virus, stay safe, rank well, be good to each other on behalf of Dave Davies from Beatsock Internet Marketing. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Weeks Media. Be well. We'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution so without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm yeah. is prohibited.